What if everything came with a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible? Like at the cantina. I'll take a half-calf spotchka. Lightweight. Here's your free audiobook download for Master and Apprentice from Audible. Or getting your pod racer serviced. My pod racer needs upgrades to the coupling and stabilizer. And here's your free audiobook download for Resistance Reborn from Audible. Life in the galaxy doesn't work that way, but there is one place you can go where you can get a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible. And that's utini.com slash audible. Click the Audible logo and start your 30-day free trial, which includes a free audiobook download. So visit utini.com slash audible and get your free Star Wars audiobook download today. This is George Mann, author of Myths and Fables and Dark Legends, and you're listening to The Living Force. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. He's hurt. You got a heartbeat. A Utini production. It's so good to see you fully functional again. Episode 85, Star Wars Medicine with Emma and the Doctors. How you feeling, kid? On this episode, a fantasy football update. Don't look so bad to me. Discussing the latest episode of The Mandalorian. Thin, naked, leaking bag? What? And the Utini crew is joined by Emma Park to talk about medicine in the Star Wars universe. She's dying. And now, here are your hosts. She's lost the will to live. Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson. Not a doctor. Dr. Charles Henkel and Wes Jenkins. Not a doctor. Utini! <laughs> okay, hello everyone! Happy Monday night! Welcome to the Living Force! I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight on this marvelous dive into Star Wars medicine are aptly the doctors. First, we have Dr. Corey Helton. Hey, man! Oh, man, I have a pulse still. That's good. Uh, oh, excellent. That's good. We had, we had a little tech difficulty beforehand, but you did a, you, you managed it like a champ. You did. I'm proud of you, but I'm not nearly as proud as I am of Dr. Charles Hankel. Hello there. I somehow managed to keep my cool through all of that, so I'm pretty proud of myself for that. Um, pretty much carried the, the tech difficulties of the show, and I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do this. Are you ever not cool? I feel like you just radiate cool. <laughs> Yes, I am Lando. There it How is. How can you even feel your legs, given that you carry the entire weight of this entire show? <laughs> <laughs> Good question for me. Also, Wes Jenkins is here. What's up, guys? I've been having uh, the time of my life seeing Corey pull his hair out and seeing his uh, wife sit next to him and not make a sound. Apparently, this is normal in the household of the Heltons. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is Helton to pay if there are tech difficulties. <laughs> Also, Corey and I are wearing the same shirt for all you video folks. Just a nice little Easter egg oh, there. Yeah, we are. Yours looks better than mine. Like, a lot better. It's because I'm wearing it. What? Also, Emma <laughs> Park is here! Special <laughs> guest, Emma! Hello, everybody. Oh, Emma is finally here on the show. You may know Emma from a lot of our video content. She does amazing guides. She does amazing reviews. She's in the Discord. She's on the Twitter. She plays Eugenie Game Nights. She has the Eugenie sweatshirt on. Emma, you do all kinds of stuff. And you got a brilliantly new lit bookshelf behind you tonight. Yes, I love it. We just put it up this weekend. Shout out to my dad for helping me. Um, I love it. It's like so cozy. And um, I also found out that I have a lot of Funkos and a lot <laughs> of just Star Wars stuff in general. So that was fun. <laughs> as you need. As everyone needs. I'm so glad about it. Speaking of Funkos... Another Funko got announced today on the StarWars.com from Mando Monday because everyone, episode two of season two of The Mandalorian 
got released. Um, again, our Patreon show, Bounty Hunt, will be up tomorrow, I believe. We do that weekly recap show, just as a reminder. But guys, I want to go around the horn at the beginning of tonight's show and just say, how'd you like this second episode briefly? No spoilers, everyone. Don't worry. Uh, Emma, you're our guest. What'd you think? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I don't think it'll go down as anyone's favorite episode of Mando, but it was fun nonetheless. That's a yep. solid, a solid episode, right, guys? Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I mean, we had a we had a really good discussion on um, uh, Bounty Hunt all about this. So if you're a Patreon or a patron of the Patreon, I, I can never do that. It's so um, it is it is ridiculous how close those words it are. It's rude, it is, frankly. It is pretty obnoxious i think i wonder what word they created first was it patron probably yeah patron. probably patrons they were like patreon i don't know i feel like they could have done better yeah like, anyway i liked it it was a good episode <laughs> yeah i i agree very solid i liked it a lot more after our discussion honestly so if you're one of those folks that maybe didn't love it as much uh like me talk with some friends about it for a bit and realize how fun it really is um west charles any uh that's something like a, a full person's name but that's two men um any distinct thoughts about the second episode of Mando, or any thoughts going forward in the season? Well, I think um, it's going to set up some some big things going forward in the in the next uh, the next chapters we're going to see. So I don't think it's a throwaway episode or a filler episode of any sort. But I think we're going to come back to this episode and be like, remember when they showed us this part? We don't know which part yet, but. I think it's going to be something that sets up for, for the future. Yeah. Who would have thunk that Baby Yoda would really eat an egg every episode from then on? Like, for three <laughs> seasons. Amazing. Uh, Please no. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to take a second to say hi to everyone in the chat uh, that's hanging out with us tonight. I see some familiar names. We got Heather, Meg, Andrew. Uh, who else? We got Stephanie Mack is coming here. Oh, my God. I just got the email that my Xbox Series X shift. Anyway, Joxy's here. <laughs> Sorry. I got very excited. Uh, Spice Den is here. Hi, everybody. I love you all. I'm so glad to I talk to you. I really want to ask Heather what a what a shark coochie board is. I'm just very concerned about that 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 object. I'm not sure what that is. Yeah, it's like a plate with meat and cheese that you get only near the oceans. That's the shark part of it. Okay. Uh, they get better, please. I promise. Um, and if you want better jokes, maybe become a patron. Uh, speaking of Patreon, Corey, I want to throw this to you because we did not get to celebrate a patron of the week last week as we were not live. But we're making up for that this week, are we not? Yes, we are absolutely making up for that. Now, if you've not heard of our Patreon, it is jam-packed with a ton of extra content. Uh, we have behind-the-scenes look, exclusive merch, and all kinds of cool stuff. So if you haven't seen that already, head over to patreon.com slash utini. Uh, we do have a couple new patrons this week. Um, Eric, I'm not sure if I heard you shout that out at the beginning of the show. Who are our new patrons this week, I don't think, Eric? I, well, we had patrons last week, but I don't know if we had any new ones this week. Do we I not th- have any new ones this week? I th- right, maybe I didn't update the outline properly then. But we do have we a might. patron of the week, which I'm excited to reveal. So um, our patron of the week this week is Alex Colster. So I'm going to throw that uh, – Wes, you can throw that video up, and we will check it out. Hey, Utini. Uh, my name is Alex Colster, and I am from Kansas City, Missouri. I am honored to be the patron of the week this week, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about why I love Star Wars. I started as a Star Wars fan by watching the VHS tapes of the original trilogy, collecting the Power of the Force action figures, and playing the video games on Nintendo 64, uh, specifically Rogue Squadron. It was one of my favorites on Nintendo 64. My favorite Legends novel is Shadows of the Empire. Um, This was an action-packed, uh, fun book, and I loved how they tied it into other forms of media, 
like the original score, uh, the comics, the video games, uh, the, the toys that came out with it. And I just remember that being really fun and immersive when all of that was released in the 90s. My favorite canon novel is Thrawn by Timothy Zahn. Um, surprisingly, this was my first exposure to Thrawn uh, in novels. I did not read the Thrawn trilogy. I've not read it yet. Um, but I've read all of the canon Thrawn material, and I'm probably going to dive into the Thrawn trilogy soon. My favorite Star Wars film would have to be The Last Jedi. Um, I distinctly remember watching this in theaters and just being on the edge of my seat, especially in the third act of the film. And I think it's a beautifully shot film and I think it's beautifully written. Um, so it's probably one of the films, one of the Star Wars films that I've rewatched the most over the past couple of years. I joined Patreon, um, or I, I started, I joined the Utini community about a year ago or so when I started listening to the podcast and I was looking for something um, I was looking for a podcast that specifically uh, talked about the novels and did roundtables and that sort of thing. So this is really the perfect fit. And that kind of led to finding the website and then getting involved um, on Patreon. And I have zero regrets. I've loved every minute of it. Um, I know I don't post much on the Discord, but I love just being part of that community and seeing what everyone's talk talking about. I pop into the assembly chat sometimes, even though I have no idea what's going on half the time, but that's okay. It's still a lot of fun. Um, I'm really looking forward to the upcoming um, Alphabet Squadron sequel. I read the first two books this summer, and I'm totally hooked. I love the characters. I love the writing. So I would say that the sequel to uh, the, the third book in that trilogy is what I'm really looking forward to this upcoming year. And um, finally, if you want to find me on social media, my Twitter handle is at Alex Colster. That's A-L-E-X-K-O-L-S-T-E-R. And I also have that same handle on Instagram. So um, this has been fun. I'm not able to watch the show live tonight, but I uh, can't wait to catch up and watch the show later. Hope you all have a great show. And as always, may the force be with you. Aww. All right. Thanks a lot, man. That was super fun. I, I love hearing from folks that stumble on our community and uh, find some value in it. So uh, thanks a lot, Alex. Yeah, that means a lot. And Alex, it has been around here for a while, and I've always loved seeing his name pop up um, everywhere. And it, and it really kind of is emblematic of what I love so much about the community is that whether you post a lot, whether you post a little, whether you've read a lot, whether you've read a little, we, we just love having you here. And, I mean, Alex, I want to say I, I'm the same way as you with Thrawn. I think I've said it before. Uh, the first Thrawn novel – Canon novel by Zon was my first run experience, so we are united in that. And I'm excited to hear your thoughts about the Legends trilogy, as I'm sure Jared and Freddie are um, as well when you get to that. And let's be clear, <sighs> nobody knows yes. what's going on in assembly chat in our Discord. <laughs> yes! Literally nobody. <laughs> that is absolutely true. That is so true. <laughs> All right. Moving on, everyone. We have a new little segment we're going to do right now, which is called the Star Wars Weekly Roundup. Yes, everyone, this is going to be a new little clip show we're going to do. We always talk about some book news at this point in the show, but we're going to clip it for the YouTubes, and we're going to see how it goes. I think I've already done a bang-up job by over-explaining it, so I'm going to go on. Um, in this week's Star Wars Weekly Roundup, I have a little mini-book review to give y'all. Uh, you may see to my left here, I have uh, the Galaxy's Edge edition of Star Wars Myths and Fables. Uh, for full transparency, the folks at Disney Lucasfilm, uh, Lissa Hervich, shout out, were kind enough to send me a copy of this uh, 
because I loved the first Mr. Fables so much. Uh, it was one of our favorite surprises two years ago now, I think. Um, and this new edition is freaking incredible. It's on Shop Disney right now. It'll be in Galaxy's Edge soon. Um, and I just wanted to show it off to you guys. Uh, it is leather bound. It is freaking gorgeous. Wow. Mm-hmm. The that cover is, sexy. is raised. The side of it is like all those like leather strips or, or ribbons wow. rather. They're kind of like um, like book ribbons that kind of hold it together. So if you're going to display it, maybe in the front instead of on your shelf like this. And I don't know if you guys have seen this online, but the pages are kind of like distressed in a way. Oh, like they nice. feel like they've been like basically you found this thing in an old attic is what it feels like. Um, and this, uh, it smells <laughs> like, like knowledge, wisdom and, uh, you know, and, and, and loss a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say this book, it does include all the, the tales from the original missing fables, including six additional stories. I have read wow. the six additional ones. They're great. I mean, if you've honestly, this year, I've kind of needed George Mann's storytelling. You know, it, it's very yeah, calming. Absolutely. It feels great. And this past week, I found myself, um, during all the election stuff, just going to bed reading these stories and feeling a sense of calm and serenity, even with some of the darker ones. Um, and it's got, it's got a heavier price tag online. It's 45 bucks because of all the additional the, the paper textures, all the leather-bound stuff, and I, I will say for my money, it is absolutely worth it. This thing is a beautiful piece um, to put on a shelf facing out. Again, the cover, is you can see the, how the light's hitting it and reflecting it. Uh, it's a really, yeah. really beautiful uh, addition to anyone's it's collection. Clean. Yeah, it's super clean. Where can, you, where can we pick it up at, Eric? Uh, shop Disney online right now. You can go get it. Uh, it's going in waves. I'm not sure if it's available at the moment. Um, but they do kind of seem to be putting out little by little. And uh, as Galaxy's Edge and, and the pandemic hopes to kind of recede away from time to time, it will eventually be available at the Galaxy's Edge Park uh, over at Disney in California and Florida. So highly recommend. George, six stories here are, are just as beautiful as the other ones. I got to say some of them are even a little better, uh, which I didn't think was, was possible. So you heard us on Roundtable say we want more George Mann stories. We got them. Yes. Thank you, Disney Lucasfilm. George Mann is an incredible person, and uh, he's been on our show um, a couple times. We've really enjoyed getting to know him a little bit, and uh, I'm super happy to get any more George Mann that we can possibly get. So I, I think I don't normally buy the collector's editions, mm-hmm. but I think that one looks like I might have to get it. That one is super slick. Yeah, it's uh, and uh, Spice Den over in our chat said, uh, for those interested, it is back in stock right now. Um, and, nice. and again, full transparency. Yeah, full transparency. Disney did send me this, but we do not uh, have an affiliate for this. Any purchases, we don't get a cut like our normal uh, Amazon thrift books kind of stuff from the website. This is just because we want you to enjoy a cool new book. So highly recommend it, and it's a great gift. Honestly, if you want Ooh, someone that loves Star Wars books, idea. great holiday gift right there. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing of book news for this Star Wars Weekly Roundup. Tomorrow we have this guy right next to me. From a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back is officially out tomorrow. So if you are listening to this on the Patreon feed or the audio feed, it is already out, which means that our written review uh, that I was lucky enough to write is up on the site, and a video review done by our very own Nathan will be up on the Utini YouTube channel either on Tuesday or on Wednesday. Uh, short review, no spoilers. 
I really loved it. I think it's even better than from a certain point of view. The first one, it has more diverse voices and characters than any other piece of Star Wars media. And if you want to head over to utini.com now, there's articles up uh, by our very own Meg Dowell about the excerpts that have been released featuring Boba Fett, L3, and more. And, of course, the audio book is up by a stellar cast of narrators over on Audible. Uh, you can go to utini.com slash audible, get a free credit, and pick it up. And finally, to round up this little book news thing, I want to remind you all about the books that are coming out soon. January is less than two months away, everyone, which means we are less than two months away from the High Republic. High Republic. That's right. January 5th, Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. January 5th, A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland. And February 2nd, Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. Head over to the new releases page on Utini. Get those pre-orders in. I cannot freaking wait to share these all with you and that is this week's star wars weekly roundup i feel good about that i think that went well i feel okay it's beautiful oh good beautiful. Whew. Whew. it'll be better i promise uh <laughs> at this point we would usually go into book reviews but we have a guest and we've already spent 20 minutes talking about other star wars things so guys i would love to talk some star wars medicine how do you feel about that uh, I have mixed feelings, if I'm being honest. <laughs> All right, so speaking of that, before we do it officially, I want to give Charles and Corey, who are medical doctors, a second to give a full disclaimer. We are going to be talking about medicine in Star Wars. However, this is an entertainment show. We are not giving official medical advice. Charles, Corey, is there any other legalese you need to say before we go further in this discussion? Not really, other than like we're really just going to be spewing facts, so hopefully there won't be any real medical advice. But there's no there's no doctor patient relationship. You, if you go and do something that we say, you're doing it at your own risk. Obviously, like there you um, go, we are physicians, <laughs> but we're also residents who are like still in training, yeah. right? So don't go to <laughs> don't go to your doctor to and have him tell you something and be like, um, actually on this podcast I listened to, they said <laughs> this other thing. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that, guys. Yeah, if a patient uh, said that work. to you, would you just smack him right in the face? I'd no, like, well, I would, I'd probably ask him, ask him what podcast they're listening to, and I hope it's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well fair enough. Uh, Emma, I want to throw this to you to start this talk because when we, we decided first we wanted to have you on the show. Um, we've loved having you as part of a team, and we've loved your video stuff. We wanted to get to talk to you. And you came up with this idea because you are currently studying bio, correct? That is correct. Yeah. I know that uh, you guys have been kind of throwing around the idea of doing – a medicine and Star Wars episode just because, I mean, half of you guys are doctors. Um, and I, I was really looking forward to it. And I, I figured, you know, now would be a really good time to do it since I know a little bit about the biology side of things. You know, I'm obviously, I'm still in college studying that. Um, and I just, I thought it'd be a lot of fun to talk about. Absolutely. So you were awesome enough to, to put up a, a document of research, which is already <laughs> way more than we do on anything but a roundtable, right, Charles? I love you, buddy. You do way more work than any of us. Um, but you put up a couple different cool uh, little ideas here about medicine. And in the chat, if you guys have uh, topics that pop, up to you, pop out to you during this conversation, throw some questions down. Throw some comments down. We're just going to have a, a little talk about what is medicine like in Star Wars because sometimes it seems yeah. invincible. Sometimes it seems like you can't fix literally anything. Um, that's right. That's right. And yeah. when, when so we had planned to have Emma on the show originally, 
um, already. I, I wanted to have him on the show because she's one of our video team people. We want to get all those folks into the show at some point. And uh, I tasked her with essentially doing some research uh, to kind of dig into the Star Wars books, dig into uh, both canon and legends, to pull out things that are like recurring themes, like back to Darth Vader's armor, stuff like that. Basically anything that's um, that's medically related at all. Uh, we're not going to be talking about specific books necessarily. Like I know there's the uh, what's it called the Med Star Duology. The MedStar duology, which is not as medical as people seem to think it is, um, but that's really the only sort of medical-themed stuff in Star Wars, I think. So basically, we just picked a bunch of themes and are going to have just sort of an intellectual sort of <laughs> intellectual sort of discussion <laughs> about it, right? Yeah, H- Emma will be scholaring. We'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so to start off, Emma, can you take us through our, your, your first point you put up on here was uh, a substance that we've, we're all pretty familiar with. Yeah, so obviously, I, I think if you've watched any Star Wars movie, Bacta is something that you probably know about. You know, we see Luke floating in it in Rogue One. We see Darth Jedi Vader. Jedi diaper. Oh, Jedi diaper, yeah. Sure. The little the breathing Jedi-per. tube. And, yeah, Jedi diaper. Yeah. There you go. Because he was in a motorcycle accident. I mean, Wampa attack. <laughs> so essentially, uh, it's a thick fluid made of different bacteria, which I didn't know about. Thank you, Wikipedia. Oh. Yeah, I know, right? I didn't it's know made that. of like a couple types of bacteria, bacteria. and it heals like wow. all sorts of wounds. It's crazy. Calling it bacteria yeah, no. for bacteria is like calling him Greedo because he's greedy. Like George Lucas never changed. <laughs> That's right. I love you. That's right. You know, and now that we're talking about bacteria, this reminds me actually. There, I think there are a couple more substances in Star Wars that are uh, that are medical, have like a medical grade, kind of like bacteria does in the in the old Star Wars: The Old Republic games or. Knights of the Old Republic, the KOTOR games, right? You go to, uh, uh, what's that, Manan, the planet Manan, I think, and there's Kolto, which is basically mm-hmm. Old Republic version of Bacta, I guess. Um, but there's a bunch of these things, and they're always just kind of vaguely talked about as being like bacteria, right, or something else of that nature. Yeah. Yep. So for your, for, your, for your bio, so we'll start with the bio angle, then I want to hit the, the practical medicine part of it. Emma, as far as you, what you've learned about bacteria, as far as just straight-up biology goes, is this remotely conceivable to have just found a bacteria that can just go into, you know, bullet wounds and be like, oh, yep, got it? Not really. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we have good bacteria in our gut, but that's, I mean, most bacteria in in large amounts like what's in Bacta are not good for you. So I don't think that this would be possible even with like genetic engineering or anything like that in our world. All right. Doctors, do you concur? Do you concur? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, Charles, I don't really know. We don't really have a good format here. I like, I don't really know how we're how we're going to how we're going to, you know, kind of bounce this back and forth. I guess we can just spit out spit out ideas yeah. here a little bit. I think the I think probably the closest thing we have to um, to something like Bacta, which at a fundamental level is essentially just like it's it's a substance that has ultra healing powers. Liquid right? banding. I, I think, Yes, liquid Band-Aid. Wes has been waiting to yell that for like 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> I think the closest thing we have this, like, as a philosophical level is probably stem cell research, I would say. Mm. Like, stem cells are, like, the most fundamental cells. Like, every cell was originally a stem cell at some point, essentially, is a way mm-hmm. to think about it, right? It's like a, it's like your, it's like the genetic code before it's been truly unlocked to tell you what it's going to be. Like, everybody... Before you buy the a, DLC it, to be alive, your your stem cells? 
It's yes, just the basic exactly. Code. <laughs> exactly. And if you've ever studied embryology, it's absolutely fascinating to consider that like every living, breathing person like was originally a single cell organism is pretty freaking mind blowing. Right. Like, so like there's a, we're only like only just now getting into stem cell research. There's a lot of really cool stuff in regards to like skin grafts involving stem cells that are pretty interesting. Um, we don't really know much. So there's a uh, for one, it's it's a little controversial to even yeah. Yeah. To work on stem cells too. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that that that'd be something cool though. Like having future stem cell patches, or just not thinking that Luke was just in a vat of stem cells that were like unlocking his genetic code as he was, you know, drifting in the mist. Charles, were you gonna say I interrupted I, you? I, I was uh, just gonna rudely. say I was gonna take this in a very different direction. Um, just thinking about this right now, if you look at specifically what Bacta is, it's, it's a mixture of bacteria, right? And one therapy does come to mind and that is fecal transplants for people that have irritable <laughs> bowel syndrome. And it's exactly what it sounds like. You take feces, Go on. That's, that's poop from a healthy person that does not have irritable bowel syndrome. And you literally do put it in a, a person who has IBS into their GI tract, into their colon. And there's good evidence that shows that that can actually help to resolve people's irritable bowels. So really that's, I mean, that's liquid bacteria. That is the closest thing we've got to Bacta. It is. Yeah. And Emma uh, brought up the, uh, I gotta, the gut bacteria yeah. up. So I got to say, Charles, uh, it sounds like you're full of shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. That's about what I got on that one. Ladies and gentlemen. Right. Uh, <laughs> Rim shot, please, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but so I, just for, just for the record, you yeah. can get paid for your poop guys. If you didn't already know what? that, like, yeah. So, you know, you can, you can donate blood, you can donate plasma and you can go to like a blood, a blood, uh, transfusion center and get paid like 50 to 200 bucks to donate plasma. You can donate stool and it's like a lot of money, like up to upwards of 500 bucks even because and- you have to go through like a really stringent process. And like the, the specimen collection is obviously highly involved, right? So they, they have to test you for all these diseases, all this crazy stuff. Yeah. And, Wes, don't yeah. roll in somewhere with a Ziploc bag on, on Wednesday, okay? <laughs> and to think, Charles, I've just been simple. getting rid of this stuff every day, sometimes <laughs> twice. Can you believe it? <laughs> um, oh, man. Wow. That's okay. That's, see, that's the stuff that they – those are the lost episodes of Clone Wars that we missed out on. <laughs> <laughs> or when uh, Luminara – Where does <laughs> – Emma, where does the Bacta come from? Did you stumble on that anywhere when you were reading about this? It wasn't very clear. It, I, I saw like it came from some plants. Um, it wasn't 100% clear. Yeah. I, I do... Is it poop? Can you donate your poop? Is it Star Wars? <laughs> I, I think Stool I can donation. definitely rule out that it's not poop. <laughs> <laughs> that I we know of. Honestly, we, we always hear about trade <laughs> in Star Wars, right? Like There's planets that have all these resources. And like you're, they're always fighting over the planets that that make Tabana gas. We hear about that all yep. the time, but I feel like we don't. There should be a planet that like has the bacteria for Bacta. That's like, kind of that would right. be. It's like the Rogue Squadron Bacta series, a, right? The Bacta, we have the Bacta War. Bacta War, right? Legends. Where's Jared at? Yeah. I know. <laughs> Jared, help! Jared, we said <laughs> yeah, it for real. Uh, the, but to, to to answer the question, is there a medical equivalent on Earth? Absolutely not. Like particularly the fact that like. Like, we see it used in so many different formats, right? Yeah. They can inject it. They can, like, you can swim in it. Like, you can be submerged in oh, it. Oh, back, like, back to, back I was like, I thought we were back to poop again. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. 
Oh my god, <laughs> that took a turn. Yes, but yeah, yes. And then in like the, even in the, Manda- in the Mandalorian, you see IG Eleven sprays him with yeah. it, which mm-hmm. is weird. I, I don't know if we've ever seen that before. That's yeah, back to his like yeah, hair I product. Think the he only thing I can think gel. of. Well, Am I cut you off? Uh, yeah, the only thing I can really think of like similar to the spray is I don't know if you guys remember in Battlefront twenty fifteen when you like threw the uh the back to grenade on the ground and like all your teammates could could get healed. oh yeah yeah oh yeah 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 I oh yeah that. i forgot about that so it's a grenade format oh yeah certainly <laughs> you don't have any medicine you can throw into a grenade <laughs> yet Corey. yeah oh my yes. god yeah, yeah. just go into like the icu during covid when she has the vaccine just throw a couple grenades in there all right everybody we'll see you later we did it yeah. uh so uh Another thing I want to talk about now, uh, the second thing you put on this list, Emma, is is one of my favorite medical marvels of Star Wars, which is Darth Vader's armor, right? It starts out in the, in the original trilogy as, okay, he breathes a little loud, and we don't know too much about it, and then episode three comes around, and it's like, oh no, that's legs, it's an arm, he, he can't even breathe, he pees in the suit, according to Luceno, um, how does he actually eat? Like, it becomes this ridiculous medical apparatus. So talk to us a little bit about how you came to this, uh, to the armor in your research to start out. Yeah, I've always been interested by prosthetics in Star Wars, mm-hmm. like with Luke's hand in Empire. That always, like, really interested me. And when you think of prosthetics in Star Wars, no one is a better example than Darth Vader because literally all four of his limbs are prosthetics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so his suit, I found out, actually helps him to do literally everything, like eating, breathing, speaking, and it even has like these uh, these probes in his helmet that attach to his brain that help him operate his limbs. Which is, I feel like we're getting... Um... I guess now now would be the the Charles and Corey question. Like we've, we, I feel like we've seen YouTube videos and stuff lately of of the advances of prosthesis, especially in the last five years. I feel like that's become something that like you see the kids that get like the Iron Man colored uh, hands and stuff, and now like people are able to like individually <clears throat> manipulate fingers and do all these amazing things with prosthesis technology. Yeah, that's been really that's... cool. That's certainly absolutely true. You know, I think uh, Emma's, Emma's got a pretty significant list here. I think Darth Vader's armor is probably one of the closest to real medicine that we actually have, funny enough. Like, it seems awesome. so unreal, unrealistic, but, like, I really don't know that we are too terribly far away from this type of technology because we do have incredible, incredible research that's uh, in regards to, to limbs, um, right? Like, has there ever been a more is, – is, is there a more common trope in superheroes than, like, somebody losing a limb and trying to grow it back? It's oh, a yeah. Spider-Man <laughs> thing. It's a Batman thing. It's in everything, right? So, and, and we do have a lot of really cool stuff these days in regards to, like, losing limbs. Um, and the other thing that kind of stands out as being maybe, maybe realistic a little bit is the respirator, right? Mm -hmm. Like we don't really know the details of exactly what, what the purpose of that is, but we do have portable oxygen. Now those things are very, very small, like almost to the point that they're concealable to the point that if you didn't notice the tubes on somebody's face that you wouldn't even see the nasal cannula. Wow. Um, Oh, I love it when you say cannula. (laughs) (laughs) I will say the thing that stands out to me about Darth Vader that is probably the most unrealistic is the amount of burn uh, of burn wounds that Mm. he would have had, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And a burn—if you've ever, 
if you ever seen any any movies like medical stuff that involve like burn units or something like that, burn units in hospitals are almost like a surreal place. Like it's it's like a there's a level of like solemnness to the burn unit that's like pretty mm. unforgivable. I spent a little bit of time in a burn unit in, in medical school and like the wounds are very, very traumatic. It's there's a lot of death, a lot of people die. Um, and, and when you have the amount of burns that Vader would have had, which is all over his body, um, it's really not the burns themselves that kill you. It just like like the nuclear when the nuclear bomb goes off, right? It's not if you're not really close to the, the the explosion, it's not the that that kills you, right? It's the aftermath that that kills you, right? You have this mm-hmm. huge immune response, um, and that's ultimately what what kills most folks that that have these horrible burn. Um, burn wounds in addition to like the there's all these entry sites all over your body like directly to your bloodstream for bacteria to get in going back to bacteria right so infection is really the number one thing that kills you um infection and immune response number one things that kill you after uh after having major burns so do you think there's that's pretty unrealistic yeah do you think there's something to that then because i know the last few years we've really kind of gone with the theory um a little bit in the comics, especially that like Palpatine was manipulating Padme's life force to keep Vader alive. Do you think that this this might honestly kind of push that evidence that way? Because if if there was literally no way that Anakin could have survived, uh, sorry Vader at that point, my mistake, my mistake. Um, please, I, please don't don't leave, don't leave. Um, that that Vader could have survived with that amount of burns. Do you think it makes sense that Palpatine must have been sucking life force out of somewhere else because there's no there's no way, even as strong as he was, that he could have survived that amount of burn damage. Well, I, they had Bacta, so who knows? It's already a wonder drug. <laughs> That's true. It's, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm going to say yeah. I, because one, I like that theory. I think it makes sense when we look back at what happened to Padme and how she just, you know, quote unquote, lost the will to live. And we talked about that on this show before. But yeah, the reality is, just to echo what Corey said, Vader was a goner. Like... If you just look yeah. at it from our, you know, our galaxy's perspective, one, if you get three limbs cut off and it's not a lightsaber that instantly cauterizes everything, you're done. You're going to bleed out. Two, yeah, when it, when it comes to the burns, I mean, these burn centers that Corey's talking about, I mean, this is like highly, highly specialized medicine that people practice because it's that complicated. And there's actually like this rule of nines that you can do, right, to figure out how much of a person's body is... is um, is burnt and we don't need that for Vader because it's 100%. Um, (laughs) but the other thing I think is, you know, Corey touched on the idea of it's not necessarily the severity of the burn, but also the, uh, you know, the extent of the burn, but the severity of the burns for Vader also would have been really bad. So we talk about these from, you know, first degree, which basically means that it's, it's just the very superficial part of the skin all the way to fourth degree, which means it's, it's actually like burning muscle bone, all those underlying things. And I mean, Vader's legs that were directly touching the lava were at least, I mean, at least third degree, if not fourth degree. And then, you know, the, his yeah. whole body followed. So, I mean, long story short, he's a goner. I have never yeah. heard of a fourth degree burn before now. And I think yeah. that's because like all the medical <clears throat> shows on like Fox and CBS will like stop at third. That's right. I mean, most people don't survive it. I think the closest thing that we have to... Um, at least right off the top of my head, the closest thing I can think of that would be similar to to this was a case study I read. This is crazy of a guy whose dog jumped into uh, the hot springs in uh, what's that in, uh, in like Montana? What is it, the uh, Old Yeller or whatever? Like what's all that? 
Yellowstone, yeah, yeah. The hot springs at Yellowstone, those those the water is like insanely hot. It's like boiling level hot, right? And a guy's dog jumped into the water mm-hmm. and he jumped into the water to sit to try to save his dog. Correct. And both both of them died. Like and it was no! incredibly incredibly traumatic. Like awful, yeah! awful story. Guy saved the dog. But I mean, like, they they did a medical case study on this guy's case and like it was horrific. Like, I mean, your skin falls off, like it is absolutely awful. Mm. And like it's a incredibly painful way to die like the, the the way that they talk about people say that like a lot of burn victims you they burn all the nerve endings and stuff so you don't feel pain is absolutely not true like those people are in excruciating pain and pain control is really a big priority because like the the response to that to your blood pressure and all that sort of thing that can kill you also so uh you don't want to you don't want to be burned uh, like vader would certainly even so if we are if we're like a thousand years into the future and medicine is is immensely better than it is now right and vader is somehow able to survive because our medicine is is so incredible at that point he would be in excruciating pain for the rest of his life absolutely yeah. excruciating pain for the rest which of his i think life. is backed up in the novels pretty decently right like every comic and book where like vader draws on the pain like i mean like to a far bigger extent than like kylo ren in force awakens where he's just hitting himself for the blood we like i love that part but vader mm-hmm. in the in the books is so clearly tortured and there's definitely a, a, a feeling that Palpatine made sure that the suit wasn't able to completely give him pain relief like it kept him alive but they wanted to make sure that he had that pain to feed off of so the dark side was even stronger within him and it's kind of yeah. like the Hulk you know like the, what you guys are talking about reminds me of like you know in the Avengers he says I'm always angry that's my secret like I think Vader yeah. <laughs> ba- he always feels the burns every second of his entire life that kind of like feeds his power the whole time so when he loses that you know, power and pain at the end of Return of the Jedi, perhaps, he's able to finally drift away. Yeah, oh, God. Absolutely. Burns are awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, um, don't, you, don't, you don't need to be burned. <laughs> no. Um, can we... No, if you don't mind, I, 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 let's leave burning in flesh muscle bone for a second. Um, sorry. Uh, to go to one of the most wonderful people in Star Wars, uh, the ruler of the glorious planet of Alderaan, um... Our Lord and Savior as well, Bria Organa. Because um, she had, uh, if you haven't read the books, you may not know uh, some of the cool medical stuff that she had. Uh, Emma, take it away, please. Yeah, so this was something super interesting that I had kind of forgot about because it's been a while since I read Leia, Princess of Alderaan, which is a great book, by the way. Claudia Gray, love Claudia her. Claudia Gray is amazing, of course. Um, so Brea Organa has pulmonodes, and those in the book, they described she fell off of a cliff, I believe it was, and she had her lungs and her heart replaced by these pulmonodes. And I know that in our real life, we have you know lung transplant or like a heart transplant, uh, but these were kind of described as like these uh, gold type of things uh, that could be seen on her skin. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that had pulmonodes would use Bacta to generate skin back over the pulmonodes, but she chose not to. Uh, and so I'm wondering, Corey and Charles, if, uh, you know, are lung and heart transplants as successful as her pulmonodes would be? And I know this is a very hypothetical mm, question. Yeah. Charles, let you take that's, this So that's tough. I, I can't pretend to know, like, the numbers for how successful they are off off the bat, but obviously highly, highly, very daunting procedure to have both of those things replaced. Um, and there actually is kind of a relatively high demand right now, even for some of these lung transplants with COVID that's going on. I saw that several times when I was in my last ICU month, but basically you have to be very healthy at baseline to survive that. And you have to have very good insurance to be able to afford that. 
Um, but probably like what the actual pulmonodes were doing is they were kind of acting as the closest thing that we have in, in our world is something that's called ECMO, uh, which is, stands for extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. And it's kind of like this giant machine. God, I love when you guys talk dirty. <laughs> it's so great. I know. It sounds ridiculous. <laughs> this sounds sci-fi. That's the next shirt, Jose. This sounds sci-fi, but it's real. It's essentially a machine that serves the function of your heart and lungs if they need to be bypassed for any reason or like if you're having them entirely transplanted. So all your blood goes out of your body into this machine it oxygenates that blood like your lungs would do and then it pumps that blood right back into your body so it can give nutrients and oxygen and all the things that all your cells need um you isn't know, that what keith alive. richards used to do once a year like i, I feel like i heard, like that, that's that's half a joke and half not i feel like i heard that keith richards <laughs> would like recycle his blood once a year because of all the drugs he did Maybe that sounds I saw like Charles dances. roll his eyes right when you started asking that question. <laughs> Probably not, but maybe. Um, <laughs> okay, fair, fair, fair. But yeah, so, so yeah, that's probably the closest thing that we have. But nothing you could just walk around with, certainly. No, no, no. And we're certainly making strides in regards to artificial organs, right? Like there are some, uh, there's some big stuff in regards to like I think an artificial pancreas, which is super interesting. Artificial hearts are we're very well on the way to do to like fully artificial hearts now. Um, like we're, we're pretty close to that being like actually like like mainstream, honestly. Um, it, it, like Charles said, this is incredibly advanced shit. Like way over our heads. Like I, I went into a. Um, I think the most complex surgery similar to this I've ever seen is I, I saw a multi-valve replacement surgery one time where they replaced a, a uh, aortic and part of, I think, I don't know if they replaced the mitral valve or if they did something else with the mitral valve, but it was like an eight-hour procedure, and uh, there's a heart-lung machine involved where, like, uh, they they, like, take the artery that's going into your heart and connect it to a machine so all your blood goes into a machine, and then it's cycled and pumped with air. Um, like can pump with oxygenation, kind of like ECMO, and then it's filtered back into your heart, and it's like a like a like a machine that that does the purpose of your heart temporarily while you're in surgery, having your heart uh, worked on. It's mind-blowingly complex, and there's like there's a person that works in the in the operating suite that that is their only job is managing the heart the heart lung machine. Like that's literally all they do. They're they're they've went to school to study this stuff. They're paid a fortune to do this. And like Charles said, you have to have incredibly good insurance to do this kind of stuff because it's incredibly incredibly expensive procedures. Um, there's a there's a movie about this actually about some guy that goes off the deep end. They made us watch it in medical school. Okay, Charles. yeah, I, I want to ask about that because so I'm looking at the chat right now. First of all, hi to Cheryl and Adam who have joined us uh, since we last said hi. Uh, Stephanie Mack says the David procedure. Does that sound familiar? The David procedure. That sounds familiar. I don't know what that is. Here, I'll look it up. This is but the name of the it, movie, maybe. Maybe something. I don't know. I have to wait for the chat log to come. I around, did not have that, to watch that, this in med school. For not a medical medical person, Emma and Wes, like, oh, yeah. back me up on this. This isn't. This is insane. I I never this. I thought this was all so much farther away than I could have ever fathomed. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. The the David David procedure is a that's a aortic. It's a valve sparing aortic root replacement. So that's probably the procedure I was in. But I was a medical student and didn't know what the hell was happening all around me. If I'm being honest, there you go. There you go. Yeah, uh, we're we're very close to this. Honestly, artificial lungs. Uh, we might actually see that in our lifetime, guys. Like for real. Like like that's crazy to think about. But like we are really not that far away from this like sci-fi level cyberpunk. Like, well, and things are things are moving so fast too. You have to keep in mind because, you know, the the first 
person to person like heart transplant that happened was actually like around 1970 and i remember this because i studied abroad like in uh in the area in where yes in 1970 no i studied abroad <laughs> in the area where the hospital was that they that they did that first um transplant and so you know in a matter of just since 1970 approximately where where we are today and so if you think about that i mean shoot guys we're gonna have back to in a few years it, it, yeah. it's, it's miraculous to think about and, and especially like conjecture from someone on the outside of all of it like with with covid happening and, and us not entirely knowing the long-term effects of everything like artificial lungs sound pretty damn good to me i'm just you know having those on hand and speaking of of that in in a in a virus way, Emma, the the last big or no, not the last. You can't. We have so many. The next, it was in the dock. I need to scroll up. The fourth thing you had to go was a particularly bad virus of its own. Segway. Yes, that was a wonderful, wonderful Thank segue. You. So, speaking of viruses, the blue shadow virus, or as Doctor Vindy would say, the blue shadow virus. Yes. <laughs> yes, we all remember that yep. guy. Um, so obviously this was from the Clone Wars and uh, it was a, a virus that had gone extinct uh, but was brought back by a scientist underground um, on Naboo and actually Padme and Ahsoka, I believe, mm-hmm. um, ended up getting the virus. He put it in bombs and stuff and he was planning on, on you know, spreading it all across the galaxy. And it wasn't very clear what the symptoms were, but you could tell it had something to do with... Um, you know your respiratory system just because your Couldn't skin smell or taste tur- anything kind of blue yeah yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> had to go on a ventilator yep, yep. no i'm just kidding <laughs> um so essentially you know it reminded me a lot of of covid and i'm not gonna lie this was the first thing i thought of when i was thinking of star wars and medicine because it is so topical right now with with viruses yeah, so I, I guess that's that's the question of, you know, Star Wars is such an advanced medical thing. Like, Corey and Charles, like you guys were saying, with the stuff that Bria has and with the Bacta, like, th- we're, this is such a, a a universe where almost anything can be cured. Like, anything can be fixed for the most part. Right. <clears throat> and then you get something like the Blue Shadow Virus. Like, do you guys think, purely hypothetically, there will always be disease evolution to combat medical evolution? I I think so. Charles, like, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on this. Like, I think the closest—that's a whole huge topic in and of itself, Eric. Like, yeah, as there... I was saying it, I'm like, I don't like this if it's yes, because that's very <laughs> sad. What's your a really a really simple way to simplify that question, Eric? Is will there ever be a cure to cancer? That that's oh, probably sure. the easiest way to answer that question. And the short answer is no, because mm. the way cancer works is a genetically modified thing. Unless we completely unlock everything in regards to DNA, which is probably not going to happen not unless we become unless we ascend to some like higher level thinking species right like (laughs) i don't think we will ever cure cancer unfortunately i don't think that's ever going to happen so i I don't think we will ever be able to beat everything didn't live forever i don't think that's going to happen we can charles yeah thoughts on immortality Uh, i mean the issue (laughs) the issue is that the more connected everything is in the world the easier it is for these disease processes to crop up and to evolve and change to the point that we have to change how we treat them. Or a lot of times novel things, right? Like coronavirus pop up and we don't know how to treat them. Um, So yeah, the world is certainly not going to get any less connected. So we're going to see this from time to time. It's, It's pretty inevitable. 
Yeah, and you know, I think a, I think a good way to maybe talk about this this question too is Emma. You might be able to help us answer this a little bit. Have you taken you've taken some introductory classes? Like, do, have you studied what a virus actually is, like the RNA process and all that stuff? Yeah, I have a little bit, um, a little bit in evolutionary biology, like how uh -huh. how viruses evolve. I didn't go super in depth in it in that class, but it it is very interesting. Like, uh, for example, if you get um, like an illness that has to do with bacteria, for example, and you uh, take antibiotics, the bacteria will get used to the um, the antibiotics. And it's similar with a virus. That's why we have to get a, a new flu shot every year because the virus evolves. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And that's a, a very interesting question. I think that, that you have to ask a lot that I don't think most people understand uh, is, Emma, you've probably been asked this in one of these introductory science classes is, is a virus alive? Have you ever been asked that question before? Yes. And I still don't know the answer, honestly. <laughs> Nobody knows the answer to it because, because I saw that the, one episode of Jimmy Neutron where they look like the little guys with the, like the D20s on their heads and they look very <laughs> lively. So those are bacteriophages Damn and those it. are not viruses. <laughs> But Way I know exactly what you're talking so about. It's, 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 a, it's, a little, it's a little D20 dice with legs and arms. Yeah. That's exactly what it is, right? Those are bacteriophages. A little different. Damn uh, you, still... Nickelodeon. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think that's a common mistake is people think that those are viruses. And really, a virus is – Charles, you can help me out with this, I'm sure. A virus is pretty much just a little bitty piece of genetic material that happens to have the tools to reproduce like, or can hijack – the tools that everybody else already has, right? So is a virus alive? We well, have to ask the question, like, what does it mean to be alive? Does it mean, Jesus. like, to reproduce your own genetic code and to create more copies, to be able to mutate? Because it has all of those features, right? But it, can it think? I don't know. You have to define what it means to think. So, like, it's really a fundamentally complex question is, is a virus alive? Which is why viruses are so incredibly hard to fight. Because it's not like bacteria, which are large, complex organisms, right? They have mm -hmm. lots of different tools that you can attack them, right? You can get in there... You know, this is metaphorical. Viruses don't actually have these parts, but you can you can kill a virus by fighting its heart or its lungs or its brain or its skin, right? Or uh, bacteria. You can fight bacteria that way, but viruses don't really have all those things. It's mm -hmm. like a a millionth the size of a bacteria, right? So to fight a virus, you have to find like the flu virus, for example. You have to find like a a common strand of DNA, a common piece of the DNA that all the viruses have, and that's a very complex thing to actually do. Um, and then you have to you create you introduce like the part of the antibody that attaches to that part of the virus of the RNA and the DNA. You like introduce that bit to the human body so your human body recognizes the piece that it was identified to. So like when you have something like coronavirus or flu virus, which are fast mutating um fast mutating constantly changing viruses it's very very challenged to find that common denominator that's in all the viruses which is why the flu shot is only like you know depending on the year 30 to 70 percent accurate yeah which is also interesting um you know speaking of how those viruses transmit and things like that spice den i want to I call it in the chat here uh we've got some excellent comments coming up from from stephanie uh laugh it up adam cheryl uh, spice den and john dutch vander all talking and spice den made a good point that in queen's peril when they were sick, uh, they wore masks because they didn't want to stop the that's a good point. written pre-2020. Um, just a quick shout out there. But I think that that's an interesting <clears> point to kind of the, – the, the difference between the two, to bring it back to Star Wars-wise, I feel like is very much based on what the disease needs to serve in terms of story. Like, do we want – in the Blue Shadow Virus um, arc, like, it needed to be something that could be spread. 
quickly and it, and it needs to last for like mm-hmm. a full episode arc. That being said, it was also like cured within that episode arc. Um, yeah. So that was pretty pretty fascinating medicine. But I find that interesting to see like what's useful here. Like what 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 do we want to slap back to on and be like a wound? Mm-hmm. What do we want to scar? What do you want to be respiratory? And, and as a story yes. creator, I think that's really fascinating when you introduce sickness. Yeah. Because that is something you can't hit with the lightsaber or shoot with the blaster. Yeah. And you know what's, what else is interesting about that episode um, is that they found uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan found the antidote to the virus on the planet of Iego, which is mentioned in the Phantom Menace. Uh, and so you kind of wonder if, you know, story wise, they introduced the virus so that we could see what Iego looked like uh, because that's where the, the antidote was. So mm-hmm. you just kind of think about those things. Well, I just think about the immortal words Lego, my. Diego. Um, <laughs> moving on to our our, our next our next topic, uh, which was inspired by our very own national anthem of doing them drugs. Uh, Corey's game night. Uh, Emma, what do we want to talk about with Kotor? Yeah, so Kotor. I'm just gonna do like a quick roundup of all those drugs because Corey made it so famous. Um, <laughs> there's you know all sorts of different types of drugs that Corey loved to um, inject in Kotor. Uh, so there's basically three different types. Uh, there's a stimulants which in- is injected and they provide an increase in strength. And then there's a med pack, which I think like in our world would be similar to like a first aid kit. It, it, I think it's similar to Bacta in the Star Wars universe. And then there's an antidote kit, which um, is injected as well. And it heals um, exposure to any type of poison. So uh, Charles and Corey, stimulants, med packs, antidote kits. What would you rather have? Ooh. <laughs> Charles, you go first. Okay. Well, just a couple of quick points, I feel like, because we we have this joke about stims or stimulants, right? And we have stimulants in real life, but it's not really what, what the game is talking about. Like, people use stimulant medications for things like ADHD, like Adderall, things of that nature. But if you're talking about, like, a medication that provides the actual things that stims do in here, like an increase in your strength, et cetera, you're, you're basically talking about an artificial version of hormones that are in your body that get released by your adrenal glands for your whole fight or flight response, right? You're, if you've heard of adrenaline, it, like, you know, most people have, you're talking about epinephrine, norepinephrine, all these things that get released in your body. So that's technically real, but you don't just shoot some up and then go fight somebody in an alleyway like Corey does in KOTOR. <laughs> Um, yeah, I agree. Med packs, basically first aid kits. So it's like kind of like a band aid. So I'm not going to take that into a fight. Um, <laughs> and the antidote kit. Um, yeah, I mean, antidotes in real life are real, right? But very specific um, to whatever the poison is that you're trying to treat. So um, I think I would choose a stem. I think I would beef myself up with a stem and just go in headstrong. Yeah. I was I was gonna ask on that point before I I want to hear Corey's answer, but do you guys think is it is it even remotely possible in this like brilliant thousand year from now medical future of having things that are that simplistic of like here's the antidote and it's like the antidote that if we've unlocked the genetic code is there a way to have one thing that could essentially just oh all right I I I, I inject it and then I'm I'm cured from whatever. Like, is, is that even remotely feasible, or are all these bacteria yeah. and viruses so individualized that that's ridiculous? It's not possible. I, There's no way. I don't think it's I don't think it's possible. Like, 
although I, I will say that if medicine has taught me anything is that like a lot of really crazy shit is possible. So I don't know, maybe a thousand years from now, like, I don't know if we had some like crazy mixture of like, I don't know. Diseases are too specific is the problem. They're too specific. Like they're like, you have to, every tiny little disease process has got a very specific treatment regimen. Right. I mean, like the closest, the closest generic thing that we have to just, promote healing i think is probably something like maybe steroids like mm. dexamethasone prednisone prednisolone things like that so like steroids are the ultimate medicine dr Corey helton <laughs> no and their <laughs> evidence is really iffy if they help covid so shut the hell up about that so <laughs> disclaimer from the beginning disclaimer from the beginning that's right that's right that's right I, i'm with charles though i think stimulant is probably the most realistic thing i mean the nazis did you know mass-produced methamphetamine and cocaine actually for that matter for you know their troops it was one of the one of the the uh the sort of tactics all around blitzkrieg is they would like all get super high on meth and then just like stay awake for like four days and just like fight 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 run 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 fight 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 run run that was like that's how they invaded europe right so we've seen that happen Jeez. before what about adrenaline when adrenaline yeah just a shot so of adrenaline ad- right to the heart. That's, adrenaline oh is basically God. just norepinephrine. I hate, I hate that. Thing, no, right? this is a thing I need to say. This is a thing I need to say. In yeah. all of the movies. <laughs> go off, Charles. Go off. In all of the movies, someone, like, their heart stops, and then someone finds, like, epinephrine, and they they end up sticking it, like, through their sternum. Like, in every movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. I've seen Pulp Fiction. In every I've movie, seen, they yeah, stick fiction. it through, like, the <laughs> thickest bone that you could possibly try to stick it through in your chest. And it bugs the crap out of me. But, no, adrenaline is a real hormone and a real medication that we use. But, really, um, I mean, those kind of medicines we use more so as, like, drips in the ICU to, like, keep your blood pressure mm-hmm. up and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's not, it, it's not quite as glamorous as you see in the movies. It's, just, it's like a medical school throw, right? Isn't adrenaline norepinephrine? Uh, no, it's just epinephrine because no. noradrenaline is norepinephrine. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I was going to say, like, so stimulant medications used to treat ADHD, like Vyvanse, yeah. right? I took Vyvanse through medical school because I have ADHD, and I try not to take it now because it makes me flipping crazy. But I took it through medical school because we had to memorize or read 20,000 pages of text, and it was ridiculous. And uh, that medication is essentially converted into norepinephrine in your bloodstream, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that has a stimulant effect. So, a lot of the medicines we use to treat epinephrine with, or I'm sorry, treat ADHD with, are similar to epinephrine, right? So, it's kind of like adrenaline. You certainly feel like hyped up when you take ADHD medications. So. Are you sure you didn't yeah. take that before the podcast, Corey? <laughs> it may have just been meth, honestly. <laughs> All right, going off of Nazi meth, Emma, bring us home with blood burn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So, Rebel Rising, one of my personal favorite Underrated books. book. Underrated, for sure. Um, is introduced a disease um, that we hadn't seen before in Star Wars called Bloodburn. Um, and it's it was seen mostly in, in younger pilots when they flew. Um, and this actually brings up something from uh, the Mandalorian episode. I don't know if we want to talk about it or not. I, d- I hope someone knows where I'm going with this. Um, but, you know the pilot could die if, if they, they continue to fly with this, this disease. And um, it wasn't really seen in passengers. Um, and so, you know, the cure, there was none, except for just staying out of space and, you know, improving diet and exercise. So my question to you guys is, you know, why don't you think that this affects the passengers too? And if we ever see like space travel with younger people, do we think maybe this could affect like 
the growth of young people. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So if Charles went off about substernal injections, I'm going to go off about blood burn because I also love the book Rebel Rising and I hate this concept. I don't know why (laughs) this particular disease in Star Wars really pisses me off. Like it just seems so not really thought out well. Like it's very obvious that, that, that the author who wrote Rebel Rising, by the way, Beth Revis. Beth Revis. It's very obvious that Beth Revis has no medical background (laughs) because is this is so unrealistic like blood burn like it's all these vague symptoms like dizziness like it they they paint it kind of like anemia except in in space and like blood burn is a terrible name i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm going off i'm going off <laughs> go, i hate go. it i hate it i hate it <laughs> the closest thing we probably have to this is some form of anemia i would guess like why doesn't it affect passengers? I don't know. We do have diseases regarding space travel. I mean, yeah. Charles, you know anything about that? About space diseases? No, we didn't cover those yes. very often in my medical school training. <laughs> um, I've not, to my knowledge, treated any astronauts in my lifetime. <laughs> but there, I mean, there are things we could talk about. Uh, you meant you mentioned like growth, Emma. So I mean, you know, having if you were always in like zero G, right? Like if you were always floating around, that would have an effect on like your bone density and stuff like that. So um, there are little things that we could talk about, but but no, I don't know any space specific diseases other than being in open space is very bad. Yeah, and, and, uh, but I find it interesting. Uh, Adam puts up brings up a good point in the chat too. I believe this is also in Bloodline. And I think, like, mm, that's right. Yeah, story wise, I think it's fun now. Now, going from the, the no medical background perspective, um, which I always proudly like to bring to this show, I, I like the idea of the pilot disease purely because of, like, the. I think Star Wars pilots have a lot of, like, the burn hard, die young kind of feeling, especially, like, TIE yeah. pilots. So personifying that with an actual disease of, like, well, you're going to go in space more, but you might literally die from this thing. Is yeah. like, oh, well, cool. I'm going to, like, die young, and I'm going to, like, go Top Gun and go crazy. Um, and the only cure being, you know, backing away and taking it easy, I think, brings back to what we were talking about earlier with the reasons for bringing disease into Star Wars, which is kind of the topic I want to kind of round out um, our segment on is I want to ask you guys as a whole um, – to everybody in this discussion, what do you think is the best reason for bringing in disease? Like, I, I like the concepts we've talked about because they all do something different. Like, the blue shadow virus was in there because Anakin couldn't kill it with a lightsaber, and he had to save his wife, uh, which was a horrible thing. Vader's suit is a way of keeping him alive, but also kind of making sure that he's always in some sort of pain. Um, Bloodburn is a way to make these hotshot pilots have to decide between the thing they love most flying and taking it easy and, and quitting essentially, but also saving their lives. So what do you guys think is maybe the best reason for bringing in medicine? Or do you think that in future star Wars books, are there other ways that you guys would like to see medicine brought into star Wars? Yeah, that's an excellent, excellent question. And thank you. I think maybe that's one of the reasons that the blood thing kind of bothered me so much is like, it's too, it's too realistic, right? Like, and I don't like the the idea that's painted in a way of like um uh painted in a way that's like all pilots can get this or will get this. And I think that's what it is about Star Wars that's like that's kind of frightening is like mm-hmm. I like escaping to that universe and to having people die of chronic disease like sucks. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's our too official close stance to home. for the living force. Chronic disease yeah. sucks. It does. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 
Yeah, I yeah, think I think though on the flip side of that coin, I have an appreciation for when fiction can make some of that stuff a little bit more understandable or, or accessible. So like, yeah, there's a lot mm-hmm. of misinformation. Don't make it a one to one analogy between your Star Wars and your understanding of medicine in real life. And I think that episode has showed us that. But you know, not shying away from the fact that there's a lot of bad things out there that can happen to you. And it's not necessarily your fault, but it presents a lot of challenges for a lot of different kinds of people out there. And just kind of heightening that awareness for all of us, I think, is pretty important. Yeah, that's really yeah. true. And, and I also like it, it's interesting, too, because we talk a lot about representation on these on these shows, right? In, in books and in media, Star Wars is getting so good about that with, um, with sexuality and race and gender identity and all these things. And I think it's also important um, for the disabled community. There are people that have chronic disease to also see themselves in Star Wars, like to see people that have prosthetics, to see that Brio Organa is, is, had transplants and, and wears them proudly and like all these kind of things, you know, from a, I guess a worldwide story perspective, the more medicine we can bring in, the more people that have to like deal with medicine in their daily lives can see themselves in Star Wars too. And I think having your hero be someone that also might have to get injections or might also have like might also have prosthetics is really freaking cool just on a yeah. society perspective. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And like, I mean, you see uh prosthetics are frequently talked about as being from Star Wars like in real life now. Yeah. Like we talk about like getting a Star Wars arm and Oh yeah, Mark like Hamill that. like so, all those kids that say like it's, it's Luke, like I have a hand cuz it's like Luke exactly, and it, it makes me cry exactly. on Twitter every goddamn yes. time. It's incredible, right? Like, so, I mean, Star Wars is already, like, has that... So, like, the thing that it's done for amputees and stuff is incredible, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like, there is that close-to-home feeling of, like, yeah. you can be like Luke, right? And so, I think it's cool. I, I think I, I would like to see more, I think, medicine in, in Star Wars. Like, maybe st- less stuff like blood burn, which is, like, chronic disease. Like, maybe less stuff like that, but, like... The blue shadow virus is cool. I mean, weaponizing viruses is is not a new concept. Like transplants, like Vader suits, like all of that that sci-fi like uh, biotech stuff is really interesting. And we're really making a lot of incredible strides in regards to that in real life. So yeah, it's cool to see it in Star Wars. Ah, I love it. Uh, any any last thoughts about uh, uh, Star Wars medicine before we're gonna we're gonna end as we always do? We got some podcast updates. I want to give you guys and to thank you for sticking around. Um, we have a new uh, person that really killed in the Utini Fantasy League this week I'll talk about. But before we get to that, um, Emma, this is your topics. Any last thoughts you want to have on uh, on the future of medicine in Star Wars? Because it ain't going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I really hope that we see more medicine and, and like Corey said, biotech um, in Star Wars. I think that it really provides interesting paths to character development, really. I mean for better or for worse, you know, Vader's suit makes mm-hmm. him more angry and it looks menacing. That was kind of part of the plan. And Bloodburn yeah. makes pilots, you know, envious. They they want to go out into space, but they can't. And, you know, Bacta helps people heal. Like, I, th- I think that really medicine in Star Wars or sicknesses or viruses or whatever it may be is, is really just a good tool to do character development in a sort of a not really a traditional way and i hope we see more of it yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely and even even more so than medicine too like 
like getting cool stuff in regards to this, like science and biology is also super interesting. Yeah. Like we, we, there's a lot of scientists in books, I feel like, like scientists that are good. Like the, the hero has to go and find this expert in this one field because they know all about this thing like that. Mm-hmm. That's a recurring theme in a lot of books. So like there's a lot of cool real world application, I think, in Star Wars. I love to see more of that stuff. Um, it certainly makes for interesting discussion. Yeah. I mean, keep yeah. in mind this is science fiction, right? And medicine is some mm-hmm. of the most advanced science or applications of that science that we have. So we're always going to see it, you know, keep popping up in Star Wars. There's a lot of stuff that we didn't even cover necessarily today that we could even get into, even just off the top of my head, too. So there's a ton of material here. But I have to say this before we roll out. What I want more than anything out of Star Wars and medicine is a new star wars tv show entitled ray's anatomy <laughs> i'm sure the raylo community would love it not like that not like that but like you know <laughs> i would I, I would like to, i would like to uh to there's study all of a, ray's anatomy um, there's probably a fan fiction somewhere already called that you know i'm gonna google that oh, right now and just see what happens don't. Corey, make sure you're in kind be an incognito browser when you do that yeah. uh wes a question for you before we wrap it up. As a, as one of as another fellow non medicine person to another, uh, I feel like we learned a ton just by being in this conversation. <laughs> um, what do you think going forward, man? I have a question, more than a statement. So yes. all of these um, like medical issues or diseases they affected a lot of people, but Vader's suit is just for one person one jedi is there any instance of a suit like that for anybody else in star wars or is it only vader because he's the only one that's worthy enough to to wear it i mean the only comparable thing i can think of right now and i don't even think that this comes even close but finn's back to suit oh yeah yeah it's a a suit but yeah yeah who's uh who's that dude that that Vader beats the shit out of in the comic, and there's a crossover <laughs> with the Afra comic. Oh and, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's that guy's name. He's like a. Oh, the yeah. cybernetic yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't yes. remember. He's got a suit kind of like that. Definitely. What about the guy from the techno union that keeps like adjusting oh, yeah, his voice? Oh, Watt Tim Oh my God, guys! John Dutch Vander just made us, and Bro Dameron in the chat just made us all feel like idiots. Uh, oh my Grievous? God! Holy oh, shit! Oh my God! Who's General that? Grievous. <laughs> General Grievous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, totally. Oh, yeah, totally. Holy crap. Clearly, right. there's so much more to get into. Um, I, I just want to say I am very excited to see uh, what medicine looks like in the High Republic because this is going to yeah. be oh, yeah. uh, 200 years before the current day. So naturally, you would think medicine must have evolved somewhat. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to see what we get there. So. Oh, and we're thinking about Carbon is the name. Cyber Akbar in the comics. Bro Dameron again. Uh, thank you very much. So, um, yeah, guys, we got to do another one of these at some point. We absolutely will, I'm sure. Um, I'm absolutely fascinated to hear more about it. Uh, but I wanted to give us uh, a couple other things to talk about before we get on out of here on this lovely Monday. Thank you again to everyone that's in the chat right now for hanging out with us. This is, this is the highlight of our week every single week. And this week is absolutely no different. Um, Wes, I want to throw it to you. Uh, tell the good folks at home what we got coming up on the good old Utini Game Night. So, Utini Game Night saw the relaunch of Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I started from the beginning last week, and I will be playing again uh, this coming Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, I am on what Charles calls the Maze of Zepho. At this oh, point, because man. 
this That's damn awful. level takes forever, and I keep forgetting where I'm at, and um, I'm I'm just on the regular difficulty level, and I keep dying. So um, it's nothing new. So if anybody's seen any of my streams, nothing new for me dying. So if you see the same level over and 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 over again, you know, just go with the flow. Have a drink. Don't pitch it too hard, there, Wes. Uh, <laughs> have a drink. <laughs> that, yes, you're right. That, you heard it here, folks. Wes is on the geonosis of Jedi Fallen Order. It's um, <laughs> an old school shout out to Game Night. Uh, we also have Legends Look Back that is live every Thursday with Jared and Freddie. And Meg is producing that show right now, doing a bang up job. Absolutely loving all their content. Our very own Kanja Book Club is going every Saturday with Adam, who is in the chat right now, buddy. We've got Timothy and Patrick are talking about Kenobi. Uh, there's some really lovely chats and comments uh, this past week um, in that. And I had to, even if you can't always listen live, um, that, that channel is always really cool um, to see in Discord. And you guys really do some really lovely stuff up there. Uh, so make sure to catch up with them on the old podcast feed. December will be one of the Age of Limited Convict series for them. And January will be Light of the Jedi. That's right. We're making them do all the legwork before we do the roundtable so we can copy and paste. Uh, Utini Fantasy Football Update. That's right, folks. The Utini Fantasy League is still going very strong. Um, I beat Charlie this week. And I'm going to say that a little quiet and just kind of move on from that. But it was a pretty big deal for me. Uh, very happy about that. Uh, but our number one scorer this week was our very own Paul Matthews, a uh, friend of the show, P. Matty Ice. Uh, his team did very well. So shout out to you. Um, and in the standings, though, James... Jay, Car- what is your name in here? Jay Carson, three. Jack Carsoni is leading the board, uh, but we'll see what we can do. Emma, did you have a better week than last week in fantasy? Uh, it depends on what happens tonight in Monday Night Football. <laughs> I'm trying to take down number one right now, James. Coming for you, man. I, I think I'm in last place right now, and, and it hurts to say it. Hey, um, I'm, I'm down there with you. But you know, <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll, it's fine. It's fine. We're having fun. Uh, everything's fine here. How are you? All right. Um, also on our Patreon, as we said, everyone, we got shows coming your way. Bounty Hunt will be up tomorrow. Uh, Wes and Corey and Charles and I talked about season two, episode two of The Mandalorian, and is releasing every week. Later on this week, uh, The Ghost Crew is going to be released by me and Charlie, I believe, on Thursday or Friday this week. We're in season two of Rebels. Absolutely freaking love that show. And we have a special episode coming this week. Love the show. Nothing special on that podcast. Um, and Cat Faves, the show with Meg and Heather, is continuing. It premiered on the 30th. It was so freaking fun. The Patreon feed just has all the content you could possibly wish for. And coming up, everyone, is Corey's reading of I, Jedi. That's right. We hit yes. that Patreon goal. We're still working out the details. Uh, stay tuned to vote for which part that he has to read. Corey, are you excited about that? No. <laughs> Great. All right, everyone. <laughs> oh, but on, on that lovely note, my friends, that is going to do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you already supported us on Patreon, head over to Discord. Join the Aftermath After Show video channel to hang out for our after party. $5 patrons get to listen. $10 patrons get to join. A special thank you to Cheryl Bell and Patrick Ortiz on our Jedi High Council, and Kyle Hickman, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support of this show and all other things you teeny. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at Doc Star Wars MD. Charles Zetsy Hankel. Wes is at Boss Wes. Emma is at Irma Jedi 26. Yes! And a special thank you! 
to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, Wes, our producer, community manager, and host. Thank you to Corey, Charles, Wes, and Emma for podcasting with me tonight. Thank you to all of you for watching. And as always, may the force be with you. Buy shirts at utd.com slash merch. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you.